This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a toddler son and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys and another on the way. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, we delve deeper into the topic of gender identity and kids. Plus, it's all about the small things for biz. Teresa is still pregnant. And we talked to Lisa Kenny of Gender Spectrum. Woo! I feel like I should uh, do that patronizing thing where I'm like, don't woo too loud, Teresa. Yeah. I don't want you to. I don't want you to have yeah. a baby. Don't overexert don't, yourself. This period hut will suddenly become the birthing hut. I did have a moment when my mom was visiting <laughs> over the weekend and was super helpful, and I did have one moment where I was like, "Okay, now stop." Yeah, and right. I can't do it. Like, whoa! Like it was like really, you know, like yeah, being yeah, really yeah. helpful and like making sure to do point, anything, and to the to the point where I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, you're stop. actually this making is like me so depressed. awful. Yeah, like. Yeah. You know where people I like, don't need this. Where people are like, you're, I know, look, a lot of things happening. Yeah. So it could trigger a lot of depression. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to talk to you so much about it. It's actually going to make you depressed. Yeah. Like that, yeah. No, that whole, I remember like those last like weeks of pregnancy. How, yeah. where are you? So everybody can know. 34 weeks and three days. You know what? You look good. Thank you. you I, really I, do. I really, I'm really at that point where like, I don't. <sighs> I don't feel like I want to be in public anymore. Uh, like, and yeah. I, it's not that I don't feel like I, I, it's not that I'm like, oh, I look so terrible. I don't want no. people to see me or something. It's like, I don't feel like I'm part of the world anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the, yeah you're other now. Yeah. You're other. Yeah. And I feel like I'm going to be other for a while because I know that once the baby comes, I'll be other. Well, it's like, you know, you know when you like walk past, uh, <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is a garbage can fire. But what I meant to say was like a piece of machinery that's like working kind of loud. And like people like people like go around it. They're like, I know it's doing its job, but it sounds dangerous a little bit. And so you like people just kind of start crossing the street around that piece of equipment oh and, or garbage can fire, whichever. Uh, and, and so, yes, you are other for like, we all know you're doing your job and you're like yeah, making this thing. It's, it's, like, it's like, but, like right, it's, it's almost too yeah. magical for us. Yeah. to be around like yeah. don't look directly don't at the unicorn it. right yeah. yeah pull the curtain back oz <laughs> i don't want to fucking be any part of this thing that is completely necessary for our life to continue you're making me uncomfortable i'm just gonna look at my phone oh it's so funny but it's okay. true yes. it's true all right how are you i'm good i was thinking recently you know, uh, I have epiphanies every once in a while as, uh-huh. a, as a person. Yeah. They, they're really profound, guys. I'm sure no <laughs> one's ever thought of this. But I realized that, like, what seems to be making, like, my my switch that makes me go from a nice person to a ranting oh, lunatic uh-huh. at my children yeah. is uh, little things. It's not the big things. It's not the, like... Uh, there was an accident or they woke up in the middle of the night or they fell down or they left their lunch. Like these big things, like, you know, sort of these big things your kids go through that you're like, oh, I understand why this is upsetting to you because uh I am an empathetic person Uh and I, we're going to work through this and do it. It's the little things like, I need you to put the clicker down. Right. And then they don't, or they like leave a thing, you know, it's like whatever the smallest, the thing that I should ignore the most Mm-hmm. and not care about 
Huh. Like having to come back and get that fucking straw to put in their drink. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. As opposed to just letting me carry it over to them. Like it's whatever yeah. the little thing is uh-huh. seems to be the thing. I, I just put that straw. Like, <laughs> like I and I don't. So I feel like I should feel good that I'm huh. good at the big things. Yeah. But I question myself as I go to bed at night about why it's the little things really that seem to trigger me more into losing my patience really yeah. fast. Uh, and I have no answer for it. Huh. I'm just saying that's the case. Is it something? This is interesting because oh. like I Oh, good. No, it is because <laughs> like if you think about it, like with those things like accidents or like somebody's sick or right. somebody gets hurt, there like it's almost like you value what the conflict is right. more. Like, like I understand it. Yeah. And the little things they're little to us, but not them. Them, right? Is that what it is? Oh, no, I'm sure that's what it is. I can be... It's that we don't have... There's no way for us to... It's like Oscar got up this morning, and the first thing he did was throw a complete temper tantrum that he couldn't play with Play-Doh before even using the potty, right, having right. some juice. I mean, literally, he walked into the kitchen, still rubbing his eyes, and was like, I want Play-Doh, Play-Doh. and then lost yeah. his mind right. that he couldn't... And it was like... I'm like, I'm almost like, I, I know that that's a big thing to him because obviously sure. he's having a meltdown about it. <laughs> but I'm just You're like. getting a clue that it's important. Yeah, it seems important. <laughs> but like, but I'm just like, I, no, like, yeah, I what? can't. Yeah, we're going to have to. What's happening here? Yeah, that's like, where. Oh, good. That makes me feel less yeah, insane yeah. because like there's definitely like Ellis. It, Katie Bell's old enough now, or I've beaten her down enough now emotionally that, like, I'm like, just let it go. Right, right. You know, and she's like, all right. Like, yeah. She lets it go. Yeah. Poor Katie Bell. <laughs> I love her so much. It's, you're doing <laughs> She's, she's going to be fine. She's, she's going to be fine. fine. Uh, but Ellis, j- yeah, that's just not there. And I think there's something yeah. maybe about being the second child or whatever. And where being three. And being three. Three is like the worst. Well, that makes me less like patient the... with the three than I probably oh. was with the first, you know, with Katie think? Bell. I think I was a little more like, all right, we're gonna like. I had the time to like prepare us for the stuff that's about to happen. Well, sometimes with El- maybe not. Maybe it's just Ellis. I think you're. I, I think I, if I, I were think to go you're listen, fooling yourself by saying that because I think you're probably more patient now than you were before. May- like more I, dead inside to the. No, no. Thing. Like I think. No, I think you. I, like I think we're all. Like, yeah. As I think, like the more you parent, yeah. like it. You kind of just get used to it. Used to yeah. like being like, I cannot control this right now. Yeah, like, but, and just that's gonna what my three year old is feeling. Like, yeah. I mean, that's just it. So I feel yeah. like those little things, like when he breaks or he's so starting hard. to break, you yeah. know, in his mind, I'm yeah. just like, oh, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's so that's I'm where I am. You. I mean, I overall, we're good. Good, you know. But that that's just I hear you from the land of biz. Uh, but today. <laughs> We're going to enter the land of Teresa some, uh, and we're going to be delving a little bit more into talking about uh, gender uh, and our kids. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. Gender and our kids. 
Uh, this is actually not going to be that broad, I think, to begin with. Uh, we're actually going to talk a little bit about some stuff that uh, Teresa is going to share with us today, which is awesome. So, Teresa? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Um, something is going on. <laughs> and it ain't in your belly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, outside of, yeah, growing another child, there's there's been a lot of stuff going on in the Thorn household. Um so the thing I wanted to talk about today is that my oldest child, my five-year-old, um, who everybody, including myself, has known as Simon for the first at least five years of his life, <laughs> is, has been self-identifying as a girl for a little over two months. And so in our house and at her school, we're using female pronouns, and she's not going by Simon anymore. She's going by the name Grace, okay. which she chose. And I, I've struggled with how to talk about this on the show, right? Primarily out of just like respect for her privacy and what she's going through, and also just because, um, like, when you make an announcement like this, it feels very like final. Yeah, like you're locked in. Yeah, and it was, <laughs> and that was how I felt about like supporting her with the transition at school. Like, I felt like. I wanted to, like, the desire was to say, well, are you absolutely sure? Because right. once you do this, like, whatever, which for a variety of reasons and after, like, a lot of research, you know, I learned is just not the way to handle <laughs> it with a kid. Like, it just doesn't well, make any that, sense. Well, like, that's kind of true for almost everything with kids. It's, it's almost just, anything with kids. Almost anything. Yeah. So there's some comfort there in knowing that that is the right, but like, at the same time, in all cases of having to implement that, that like approach, yeah, there's still a question of how am I supposed to be doing this, right? You know? so exactly. Like, should I be locking this in? Should I not be locking this in? Should I support yeah. so much that we're like fully committed? So, well, yeah. I mean, there there wasn't. I mean, at a certain point, what you realize is it doesn't matter if right. it's final. It's just what's happening right now, and like, there's no reason to like if you make it. If you make your support contingent on like finality or like like right. the child being a hundred percent sure, then you're not really being supportive of the child. Like it's it's like it, it's impossible to do that. Like right. it's not like not only is like a five year old unable to like actually give that kind of assurance, but like it doesn't benefit anybody to be sure. So what I ended up saying to her teacher, which is what I'm gonna say to you guys, yeah, is that you know Jesse and I don't know what's gonna be in her future. We right. don't know what is to come. We don't know where this is headed, and um, you know this this may be something that goes on for a few more months. It may be something that goes on for a few more years. It may be something that is forever. We don't know. But for now, I mean, and for now and for always, we're just supporting her in it. Um, So, and Biz and I, like, we've talked about, like, many times in the history of this show that, like, you know, we really do want to be respectful of our kids' privacy, and this show is not about them. This is not a show documenting their lives and their growing up or their personalities or what they've gone through. Um, This show is very much about us. Right. But I I felt like I, 
I can't not talk about this because it's gotten like more and more awkward for me right. on the show as time has gone on to like switch gears and talk about Simon and talk about my that I have boys or right you know I I just it's just I don't have two boys right now I have a girl and a boy and I don't have a Simon I have a Grace Grace. like I really do and so that's where like it took you know it took some weeks to like get used to that and like it may change again but right now this is what it is and so for the sake of being just honest about what's going on with me and and what's going on in our house like I just want you guys to know well here's the thing first first you're doing such a remarkable job. Thank you. And I do think uh, that what we can talk a little bit about is less about what's happening with Grace, but about you. Mm-hmm. Because you're, I just I just feel like you need some, like a couple of trophies <laughs> for <laughs> the fact that this takes, I think it's, I think it's something that takes a lot of, uh, emotional and mental is not the right word, but, you know, a, a lot of thoughts and to do and a lot of effort for you and Jesse and to, to do all that while pregnant and having, a, you know, Oscar. I mean, it's like a lot is a lot going on, Teresa. It's like it's like all the people who call with their like ranch and they're like, yeah. I can't get the peanut butter jar open and it's making me crazy. And like my grandfather died. Yeah. Right. You're like, whoa, yeah. screw the peanut butter yeah. jar. You got some other stuff going on. Did Was this the kind of thing where when Grace started showing signs of this and, and asking for these things? Did you go and do research? Did you? I mean, like, how did you guys, like, what did you guys do together? Well, so let's see. It has been kind of like a a little bit of a, a journey. Like, I can tell because, I, you know, I, you guys know I keep a, a, the five-year diary. So I, like, write little mm-hmm. notes every day. And then I can see what was going on a year ago and two years ago. Um, and I can tell that, you know, it was well over a year ago that, you know, she started wanting to express herself in mm. in a way that like we culturally would call girl um and you know was like it like lots of little boys like wearing dresses so like yeah. that's a very very normal part of development um and so there was like a fair amount of that going on with grace and i i was totally cool with it it was more just like i wanted to make sure that kids at school weren't going to be weird but yeah. it was totally no fine cared, yeah yeah and then um i think like what happened was you know she'd be asking about like you know that that like do so boys have penises and girls have vaginas. And, you know, I would say, well, you know, most boys have penises, most girls have vaginas, but that's not always the case. And, you know, and I, and I did like explain, you know, some, some people don't, some people feel like a boy. Some people feel like a girl. Some people feel like neither. Some people feel like both. And it was over a year ago that she was saying, I feel like a girl and a boy for a while. And then it was a couple months ago that it was more like, she was asking about it like renewed again. And I think I had gone through like a little bit of a period where when she was starting kindergarten at public school, Mm -hmm. I was, I started to sort of like shut down the dresses a little bit more just out of like, Purely out of like I'm I'm like nervous for my little yes cutie going off to kindergarten and I can't be there to protect him right and so you know I did sort of like trick him into cutting his hair short again <laughs> and like 
like we just kind of didn't keep the dresses around and right. available and I would kind of just get him dressed without involving him in like like I would get him dressed while he was watching TV or whatever. Right. Um but like there comes a point where your child is asking for something over and over yeah. and over again to the point where like I just started feeling like I was being the asshole right. all of a sudden. <laughs> like I was like I'm not I'm like, less protecting you and more yeah. And more, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, um, and then it was like coinciding with comments about, well, I actually, I feel like a girl and like trying to, like trying to put that all together. And it was coming up a lot. Like it was coming up a lot, a lot, a lot. At which point I immediately was like, I need resources for this, you know? And like, I'd been a listener to the How to Be a Girl podcast all along, which is a podcast I really love. And then, you know, there's a ton of resources. Like there's, there's just like a ton of stuff. So we read this book, I Am Jazz, that's like about this transgender girl. And immediately Grace was like, that's me. I'm transgender. Like she was like so relieved. Like she was just like, have a name for it. Yes. She was like, I'm a transgender girl. And I was like, okay. And I'm still like, kind of not believing her if I'm totally honest. Like I'm like, okay. Like, how is this? But yes, sure. If that like right. makes sense to you, great. Yeah. You know? And um, so we brought it to school and she, her teacher was awesome about it and read That's it with so the class. Nice. Yeah. And, um, you know, I sent a note home to parents. Parents have been great. We're so lucky oh, wow. with where Did we live. You? Oh, wow. Great job. Yeah, because it's confusing and the no. parents are like, wait, so who's, what's happening? You know, they great. get. No, but fucking kudos to you for doing that. Well, good job. Okay. That's thanks. it. Just good job. <laughs> okay. I, that's like one of those things that I wouldn't have thought about doing. You well, know, if as, as a person not in the situation, yeah. this is a classic example of why would I ever think about that since it's not something that. I have experience with right yeah. now, right? Yeah, but yeah. like, I'm like, oh, that's so nice, and and that that is taking care of your child as well as taking uh, care of other people's kids and like the learning. I just good job. That's all. Thank you. Just, yeah, just, I mean, like, I did. I met with the. I met with her teacher, and like, we both kind of agreed it was yeah. a good idea, just because, like, for one thing. If parents know what's going on, right. they're much more likely to be able to, like, handle that and, yeah. like, talk to their own kids about it if they want to or whatever. But, right. like, if there's confusion, then it's, like, I'm also putting Grace in this position of having to explain herself yeah. over and over again a lot, which, like, I didn't want. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that that part of it has been great. But I will say, like, the research I did... We're having a Gender Spectrum guest on later. Gender Spectrum is this amazing organization. And there's this book um, that they like are, were part of publishing called The Transgender Child, which I recommend to anybody, anybody in the world. But even like at the time that I picked it out, I did not think I have a transgender child. Therefore, I will read this book, The Transgender right. Child. Like I was actually kind of deterred from reading the book at first because I was like, well, I don't have a transgender child. I have like maybe a gender non-conforming right. or gender creative or gender some- like something, right. but I don't have a trans. So I, I was like, eh. And then uh, my therapist ended up having a copy of it. So she sent <laughs> it home t- with me. Nice. And I mean, I just... I read it and it was so incredibly helpful. And like one of the things that the book said that made a huge difference for Jesse and I was that it was like nothing you can do as a parent is going to alter your child's gender identity. Like you yeah, can't that's like really by, free by like to hear allo- that. Yeah. yeah, like by like allowing your child to choose a different name or right. like use different pronouns or wear dresses or wear, you know, wear whatever, 
that you're not making your child right. transgender. Like that's not how it works. Like right. it's just gonna be a part of who this they child, are. who they are yeah. for their life. And it's going to evolve however it evolves. Right. And that was very freeing. Cause as soon and it was like the the one thing that is in your control is like showing your child that you support and right. love them and like <laughs> and like want them forever. to be safe. That is forever in our yeah. control, guys, no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> and so like that was really super helpful because Jesse and I just went, okay. Got like, it. Here we go. We you can know, do this. like yeah, we can totally do this. Right. Um, and so that's been really great. Yeah. So you guys just Took control, accepted it, gave yourself realistic, like, jobs. I mean, I feel like that's, like, a realistic job to be, like, support my child. You know exactly. what I mean? Like that, yeah. That's, like, that's a doable thing. Because I feel like when there's anything new that comes up in a child's life or even in our own lives, there's an, an like, there's a sense of urgency about it. Mm-hmm. And rarely is that actually true. Lots of times yeah. there you just step back, take your time. Think about it. Uh, really winds up serving you better. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's really excellent. Uh, I'm excited about having Lisa on and talking some more about this. So again, uh, thanks for sharing that with us. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> One Bad Mother is supported in part by eSalon. eSalon offers professional-grade, completely personalized hair color created just for you and delivered right to your door. In fact, it came to my door recently. Uh, I got a root problem, guys. Uh, A root problem and a I have no time to do my roots. It was really easy, guys. So you just fill out a questionnaire, upload your photo, and your personal colorist will formulate your individually blended color. <laughs> you can visit esalon.com slash badmother now. New customers will receive 50% off their first order. That's just $10 for your personalized hair color. Get 50% off your first box at esalon.com slash badmother. That's esalon.com slash badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay, well, this actually goes back to our bag conversation from last week um, about me not carrying anything with me ever. Yeah. Um, Fuck those kids. Yeah. They can figure it out. Figure it out. Um, so we were on Friday. I I took the afternoon off and I picked up Oscar early from school. Um, and like basically we were driving around and then we went to pick up Grace when she got out at like the normal 2.30 time. And then we were going to go get Froyo as like a treat. Yeah, Froyo. Yeah, Friday afternoon Froyo. And everybody was super excited. And then as we're driving from the elementary school to the Froyo place. Yeah. Oscar is like, I gotta go potty. I gotta go potty. I gotta go potty. And I and it was like there was nowhere to pull. It was like yeah, I was so close to the Froyo place that would be the closest right. choice. And but he didn't make it, and so he peed his pants in the car. Okay, 
And I realized because I'd been like at work in the morning, like I hadn't had, I didn't, I don't think I had the wipes. I don't think I had. Um, you had a Teresa bag. I had total Teresa <laughs> bag and no, definitely no change of clothes for him. Right. And like, I was like, oh, is there still a change of clothes in the car? No, because I like had used them at some point and not replenished sure. what was in the car. And, um, and so then I'm thinking, like, are we going to have to not do Froyo? Because I don't want to go and sit there with him with, like, yeah. just totally soaking wet paint. I mean, it's just yeah. weird. And I was, like, feeling really bad about it because I had the whole thing, like, planned out. Yeah. And, like, something that Grace was, like, looking forward to. And But then I realized when we parked that Grace keeps a change of pants and undies in her backpack. Ooh. And we had just picked her up from school. So we had that with nice. us. So we just went right into the Froyo bathroom and I and those clothes just like fit Oscar. And I'm just like, this is just luck. But yeah. I'm just like so patting myself on the back that my kids are the same size. <laughs> and like the, the undies and the jeans are like totally Perfect. fine for either kid. Yeah. And it totally worked out. And I didn't have to pack. Like, I'm still happy that I didn't have to pack a bag oh, with extra stuff. Yeah. And it worked out. Very nice. Yeah. Very good. Uh, my genius is I'm not fighting dinner anymore with my children, mm. in particular, Ellis. Uh, I just kept getting into these, like, struggles of, like, making dinner and then giving him some of it and him really being upset or me, like, not asking him what he wanted but putting together some stuff that I assumed that he would like and him not wanting to eat it and it mm -hmm. being a big thing. And as soon as he's like, no, it's the little things, I'm like... You're going to at least eat five. And oh, then the God. power struggle began. Yeah. And then I'm like so miserable. And here's yeah. the thing. Stefan doesn't eat dinner with us. Right. He's not there. And yeah. I feel like part of why I was doing it was to like appease like what I feel Stefan wants from the kids for dinner in terms oh. of like everybody trying and eating yeah. and all this stuff. And then like, and then I realized, I don't, we weren't doing that with Katie Bell per se. You know what yeah. I mean? And like. We were still eating later than her, like, yeah. you know, and just like, fuck this. Yeah. You know, he'll eventually try some stuff if he's still sitting at the table with us watching us eat it. Yeah. In the meantime, does he want cheese and fruit every night for dinner? Fine. Something in fruit or something in a vegetable every night for dinner. I don't care if it's fish sticks every night. Yeah. I don't care if it's cheese every night. I don't care if it is a thing of yogurt. Uh -huh. I just no longer care because he's getting stuff all day long. Yeah. And I just am like, dinner oh. Dinner is like bonus. I, I, I feel yeah. so great. Oh, and then I'm just so like good. making dinner or whatever I want to eat. And if it's one of those nights where I'm like, Katie Bell, here's your mac and cheese from Trader Joe's and here's Ellis, your cheese and fruit. I am having steak. Nice. <laughs> like, it's just great. That's fantastic. It, it feels better to make three meals than one. Sure. Yeah. Great job. Thank you. Hi, Biz and Teresa. This is a genius moment. Um, so it snowed last night. Um, I am a single mom, so my, my ex has the kids sometimes, but I usually have them. It snowed last night. And right now, my 11-year-old son is out shoveling the driveway for me <laughs> because I realized that he is 11, and at 11, you are both old enough to shovel the driveway by yourself and young enough not to realize that $10 isn't a lot of money to shovel a driveway. <laughs> so he's not doing that right now. My nine-year-old daughter has been putting her seven-year-old brother to bed every night yes. because she has decided that it is a way to practice babysitting. So I am sitting here listening to podcasts and playing around on my phone while my children are doing all my work for me, and it's wonderful. Oh, yeah. Thanks. You're doing a great job. 
You're like this woman is queen of the day. Yeah. I know. Look, Katie Bell brings the garbage cans in for a buck. Oh, nice. It's the best. Yeah. Children, I are, feel like $10 is good $10, for a driveway. I would probably do a driveway for 10 bucks. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, you're a genius. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, kids are totally capable of doing things. Yeah, that's And it's so going to make them amazing citizens of the world. Yeah. You're a genius. Great job. Failures. Fail. 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 You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Ugh, so my mom was visiting over the weekend. Jesse was away. And we were all excited because we were going to go to the zoo. And our zoo membership is about to expire. Mm-hmm. And that was why I had the idea to go to the to zoo. Go, yeah. Because we haven't, like, been there enough to make, like, like I, I would like to have been there more times right. on this membership. And it's, sure. like, about to expire. So we go and, you know, it's like a big hassle to get everyone out of the house and it's, a, a, you know, whatever. And it takes, you know, there's traffic getting over there. Oh, and yeah. then it's like we're there like an hour after they open. So it's already jam packed. Yeah. Like you have to park far away and we're walking over. And I realized like I just didn't pack. Oh. This is another bag thing. Yeah. I didn't pack my wallet. My wallet. Um. And oddly enough, my like zoo membership card was just in my backpack so like i had it but they need an id they won't let you in without an id i literally had tears in my eye like i was just like yeah they wouldn't let us in because we hadn't we didn't have my id so whatever my mom like was like we're here i'm paying for this we're going in and i but and i was Uh, this is rotten I, i really i was yeah. I cannot yeah. even express to you yeah. like how mad at myself oh. and the zoo. zoo. Now this is I where was. you focus on the zoo. I was just like seriously, and I looked at the woman. I was just like, I, I have two uh, little kids. I'm pregnant. Uh, like, come on, like yeah. it's such an effort to get here. No, no. But I'm not. I'm honestly not bringing this up to complain about the zoo. I'm bringing this no, up you're a because I forgot for not... my fucking yeah. wallet. And yeah. if like it, I would have needed my wallet yeah. anyway. No, yeah. yeah. No, you're doing a horrible job. It was so stupid. It's awful. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of dinners, last night at Ellis's, you know, cheese and fruit tray already done. Katie Bell's all done. (laughs) Uh, And I'm making myself a steak. Funny enough. I'm going to have a steak. And I've got it out on the grill. And it is at that moment, after like 40 minutes of the kids not needing anything, Uh that suddenly Ellis, like, not only does he need to use the bathroom, which he likes to do on his own, Uh which is great, which, again, shouldn't be fine. But this time I hear this, look at that, right? And Uh I go, and he's just like not peed on the potty at all. And he's soaked three rolls of toilet paper uh-huh. because we have them stacked up. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, again, little things. Yeah. And like, so yeah. I'm dealing with all the steak, a piece of tire. Right. It was a piece of that, that I just yeah. punished myself and by chewing it. through because I had nothing else. <laughs> right. I've been saving the steak for like three oh, days. No. I'd frozen it. I'd no, unthought it. No, I'd done no, all this. No. Stefan's out of town. I had no. pre-prepped that I was oh. having the steak. And all it takes is one stupid one thing in the wrong place. Wrong spot. And then I was like, that's toilet paper! I can't believe you ruined the toilet paper! <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was that sucked. Hi, ladies. So I am 21 weeks pregnant. And, uh, well, to, uh, to put it quickly, I've locked the keys in the car twice in the last 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of our older car. We have two cars, and one of them is fine. Um, it has push button to start and you can't lock the keys in the car so it's great. But the other one is for some reason really hard for me to remember 
how to use. Um, <laughs> so that makes once a month since we got since I got pregnant uh, that I have locked the keys in the car. Uh, so in about five months, I've locked it in the car five times, twice in the last 24 hours. I am officially fired from driving that car. The other thing, too, this is my first child. And this last time that I locked the keys in the car, I locked it them in the car with my dog, who is my fur baby mm-hmm. and the closest thing I have to a child. Yeah. So not only do I feel like an idiot, I also feel like I'm going to be the worst mom on the planet. It's 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 hard, guys. It's really hard. And it's not I know that I can do this. I know it's not that hard. I know it's not that big of a deal. My husband was able to help me in like 15 minutes. It wasn't a problem. But I just feel really dumb. Um, that's all. It's, I'm a I'm a failure. I'm a <laughs> being a pre mom. <laughs> Thanks, ladies. Yeah, yeah, you're just gonna. The only solution to this is a new car, uh, so you don't have or this you problem just, you again. You just have to drive the new. The, you can only drive the other nice push button car. car. That's gonna become the granola car, yeah. and the older car is the one that's the nice clean one. Yeah, yeah. Teresa and I are just like totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Of course you locked it. Of course you. Yeah, did. yeah. That yeah. done. It, don't worry. It doesn't mean you're gonna be a bad mom. Yeah. <laughs> It just, it just may mean you might lock your kid in the car a couple of times. Well, yeah, maybe. You should just prepare emotionally for that. Okay. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. Mugs, shirts, stickers, patches, tanks, and more are yours for the purchasing at MaxFunStore.com. Hey, you already love the podcasts, so why not take this to the next level and outfit your home and bod with our merch? MaxFunStore.com. Because if you have to wear a shirt, it should be one of ours. The three of you enter a cave of a big red dragon and is standing over a horde of precious golden rubies. And he says, what do you do, adventures? I'm a dragon man. I cast fire on him. It's very good. I address the red dragon to say, us, we're the hosts of The Adventure Zone, a podcast about family playing Dungeons and Dragons. Very good synergy. Commit to the bit. I, I, <laughs> I roll to charm new listeners. It is very effective, against all odds. Everybody, we're the Macroids. We host the Adventure Zone. It's a podcast where we play Dungeons & Dragons together. It's a comedy podcast. We don't take the rules too seriously because there's a lot of them, and we did not take the time to learn them. Maybe listen to us. We come out every other Thursday on the Maximum Fun Network. You can find us on iTunes or on MaximumFun.org. I think this promo is a critical hit. Teresa, yes. let's call a parent. Great. This week, we are talking to Lisa Kenny, who is a member of the board of directors and executive director of Gender Spectrum, whose mission is to create a gender-inclusive world for all children and youth. She also co-authored the book, The Transgender Teen. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. Thanks, Biz. Thanks, Teresa, for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you joining us. Before we get into uh, more relevant topics to today's show, let's ask you what we ask all our guests, which is who lives in your house? Well, my partner and I have three teens, actually. So I have a 17-year-old daughter, a 16-year-old stepson, and a 13-year-old son. 
I think I just love the word teens so yeah. much. Like when it's teen week on Jeopardy, yeah. my husband's always like, oh, is it teen week? Yeah. Teens. Like they, my sister, my daughter, who's seven, we were actually driving home from school and we were at a red light and there's some kids on the corner and she goes, look, teens. Teens. <laughs> I said they're out. They're oh. out in the world, Katie Bell. My, my brother and my brother and his girlfriend are in their like early twenties, and oh. Jesse still calls them the teens. He's like, "Are the teens coming?" <laughs> it's the best. Oh, how's how's life with teens? Just real quick, just real quick sidetrack. How how's life with teens? You know, I I really love it. Every age that my kids are, I always think that's my favorite age. You know, and yeah. I, I'm wistful about the, you know, the, the the times gone by. But I really love it. But there are challenges. I, the other day at dinner conversation, we got into a what I thought was just, again, some meandering of my mind and thought it would be kind of fun fodder for dinner. And, and then, like, 20 minutes later, my daughter's still talking about intersectional feminism and the impact it has. It's interesting, but can we just go back to yeah, know, how was school? We thought about Obama's speech. Right. <laughs> the latest episode of Modern Family. Or, right. You know what I mean? It's, it's definitely different. But um, it's, it's pretty wonderful, I have to say. That's awesome. Well, that's actually like, I'm like fully like, yeah, because I keep trying to have these conversations with my seven year old daughter, and she's, she's <laughs> getting there. She's getting there. But sometimes uh, she would rather talk about the most recent episode of something. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's get into it. So you are with Gender Spectrum, and uh, what we'd like to do, Teresa was very generous. Uh, to spend the first part of the show sort of talking about some stuff that she and her family are going through with uh, their now daughter, Grace, uh, who's five. Um, And uh, I think what we'd like to do, because we were just talking about this off the air. I was like, uh, because of if you're not in it, (laughs) if you're not like, you know, like having somebody directly in your life who is experiencing something uh, that you tend to not maybe know all the language, all the lingo. Um, Our community was very helpful to point out to me uh, earlier this year, the end of last year, where uh, just about language in terms of uh, talking about gender identity. Does everybody have a penis and a vagina? I was trying to be very awesome and explain to my daughter that there was no such thing as gender specific toys <laughs> uh, and I may have just said it doesn't have a penis does it have you know like then it's not a boy whatever anyway people were very helpful and but what I learned was there was a whole set of language I didn't know to use yeah. and it was really helpful because then I could go back and talk to my daughter with the right language which was great so uh, what I'd really like to do is just help me <laughs> Not because Teresa's done her research, uh, is to help me. <laughs> that's right. But you need a coach. I need a coach. That's right. I need a coach that can be a good friend to Teresa and to people everywhere. Can you first start off with talking to us about uh, some common misconceptions about gender identity? I was a women's studies minder, and I can remember learning like th- that there being a difference between gender identity and sexual orientation, uh, gender roles, gender identity, things like that. Could you... Uh, Talk to us a little bit about some of the misconceptions out there. Sure. And this, I mean, you bring up a really important issue around language because, 
you know, it's confusing to lots of people. I mean, if, if your listeners are feeling really confused and unsure what's going on, you know, you're, they're not alone. Uh, so I think it's, it's, you know, it's a really interesting time in terms of language. It's really being created. So it's also a bit tricky because some of the definitions don't even mean the same thing to different people. So, right. you know, it can be confusing, but it also can be liberating because you can just say, hey, I know some people think of it this way. How do you think of it, right? So ah. in some ways, it can also take the pressure off. But yeah, let's maybe talk about a couple of things that might be helpful to people as we think about gender. And, you know, the truth is, as you mentioned, too, you know, lots of people just haven't thought about it. I mean, certainly if it's true, you know, this is an issue that somebody in your family is dealing with, you you might then be coming to think about it in ways that you haven't before, but most people haven't. So, you know, let's maybe talk about this in terms of what we think of as in terms of three different dimensions of gender. And the first one is bodies, and the second one's identity, which you were just, you know, mentioning. And the third one is expression, just sort of, and so let's talk about that and how that's a little bit different than sexual orientation, which is sort of different than gender. And the first thing we think about is bodies, and most people sort of begin there, but they also stop there. Because they think about the sex that they were assigned at birth. So they think about, oh, you know, you get your child, and they say, oh, it's a girl or it's a boy. And then most people stop there, and we tend to think that there's really only two types of bodies. And, of course, there are a lot. There's so much more human variation around bodies than that. But even beyond genitals, which is really what people are typically thinking of, we also now know that, that our minds are a big part of our gender, our sense of our gender and our gender identity. And so there's some really some interesting research coming out. I don't know if you saw the National Geographic issue, but they, they touched on that a little bit. Uh, Katie Kirk's coming out with a sort of a companion piece to the National Geographic, which will also talk about some of the research. But it's a really interesting area to see how our minds really come up with our understanding of our own gender, um, even before we have much language at all uh, huh. for our sense of who we are. And what I find really interesting about that, especially with young kids, is that, you know, even when we tell them, which mostly parents do, right, we spend a lot of time saying, oh, actually, you're a boy. I mean, from the very moment they're born, we tell them what, that, what gender they are. We reinforce that in a thousand different ways, and so does society. So that when a child, a young child, says, no, actually, this is who I am. I just find that really an amazing thing because there's so many uh, pressures to actually go against that. I find that such an amazing testament to, you know, a person's understanding of themselves, even at a really young age. So I think that's really pretty remarkable. Um, so anyway, we have bodies, but not only are bodies, do, are they, do they have a sex in the way that we think about um, sex being assigned at birth, but also bodies are gendered. I mean, certainly during the political hoopla of, the, of this last um, election cycle, all the conversation about Donald Trump's hands and the size of his hands really is an example of that, right? We all know we're not talking about his hands. We're talking about his, his hands penis. being indicative of his penis, right? And it's absurd, and we all know it's absurd. And it's so funny because if you happen to not know that somehow, uh, you're sort of wondering why, what's with the focus on the hands? Like, what does that all mean? I just want to be the voter who like was like, what is going on with yeah. the hands? What's the big deal? Exactly. If what, only. Like if only that was like, yeah. Exactly. Oh. You know, it's, certainly we know that bodies are, are gendered in addition to having whatever sex is assigned. So that's, that's so, there's so much more complexity about 
even bodies than most people think about. Um, then there's identity, which is just our internal sense of who we are. You know, it's it's the name you give yourself. So if, so if you identify as as a woman, uh, it's that sense that you have that yep, yeah, that's that's just who I am. Uh, and where that sense of knowing comes is is sort of a complex issue. But certainly, there you know, if I said no, you're really not. You know, you're Teresa. You're really not a woman. You're actually <laughs> something else. You're a man, or you're some other identity. You'd be like, uh, you know. I'm really not. I am. This is who I am. Even if I tried to change it, it's really who I am. And the third aspect of, of gender that we talk about uh, in, in our work is sort of expression. And, and that's really our public gender. It's sort of what people see. It's not only our clothes and, um, you know, other kinds of things we do, but it's, it's also how we carry ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's how we, you know, it's simple things. You know, do you sit with your legs spread? Do you sit with your legs crossed? And how do you cross them? It's all the ways in which people kind of read our gender, perceive our gender, and interact with us based on that. It also includes things like gender roles, as you were mentioning, Biz, and uh, all the ways in which we tell folks, um, you know, what's appropriate and how they should be as a gender person. Well, you know, like listening to you talk about this, I think about, like, I can can actually be aware of choices that I made. What I guess we deemed as tomboy... For me, in my day and age, growing up um, in my 40s, uh, was also like my way of, you know, this is, I was in Alabama. If you didn't have pantyhose on and you were showing legs, even in shorts, you were an outcast. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. So right. it was, it's so interesting that just subconsciously or consciously, we like how we do make assumptions about people or treat people based on just their movements, just how they physically express themselves and carry themselves. And we do it just so easily. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> that's just it. Um, so much of this is, yeah, all right. Uh, you know, if you don't stop and think about it, you're like, yeah, all right, that's what we're doing. We've all collectively agreed that's what we're doing. <laughs> well, exactly. And if you try to, you know, if you don't wear the pantyhose with the shorts right. at a certain point, Somebody's going to say, hey, by the way, that's not okay. Yeah. And this is, this is the way we do that. And right. here's what's expected of you. And, if you and, it, and it can go in the early days to, oh, you probably didn't know that. So now let me tell you that. Right. And then pretty soon it's like, well, wait a minute. Now I have told you that. You're still not doing what I told you. Right. And so now, now there's a different you know, aspect going on. And enforcement sort of you know, ratchets up um, as, as the child gets older and, and we go from, you know, oh, that's really kind of cute to, oh, I wish they would, you know, really understand that they can't, you know, go out and play without their shirt on if they're a girl. That was okay when they were two or three. In fact, it was oh, yeah. cute. And now they're nine. No, that's not okay. Or uh, having a sleepover, you know, your best friend is, um, you know, the gender and that's really okay to have a sleepover for a while. And then all of a sudden there's a mystery line, which often leaves kids pretty baffled to say, Oh yeah, no, we can't really have sleepovers anymore. Yeah, no, these are actually <laughs> like, uh, that, the well, shirt thing is that's something Katie Bell really we struggled like trying to talk to. You know, she was like, "Why is that guy out running without his shirt on?" Right? Like, and why can't I keep you know running around outside you know in my underwear without my shirt on? You know, like right, you know right. stuff like that. Where you're like, I and, and as a per, as a parent, I had a really hard time justifying it. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't want to be like, oh, it's because you're a girl. Well, yeah, I mean, it was really hard not to <laughs> yeah, say that. But that's I actually I, kind of why. Why? But it yeah. was like, uh, you know, I there are lots of times I just said, I don't really know, Katie Bell. But that's <laughs> yeah, that's what we've all said is what we're supposed to do. So that's just what we're gonna do, even if it doesn't make a lot of sense. What do you want to hear next in the car? You know. Right, right. What's the next diversionary topic I can bring up to see? Yeah, like how how important is this conversation? Um, All right, let's actually do some terms. Let's do, like, I know transgender. Uh, That may be about the end of where I go, to be perfectly honest. But um, there's, like, gender non, if I looked it up, there's gender nonconforming, gender variant, gender fluid, and non-binary. And you are going to have to lay these out for me. So that I can be a better person. Let's, uh, and, and let's maybe start because you'd also brought up a great point, Biz, about gender being different than sexual orientation. Yeah. And so just a quick thing. We talked about the dimensions of gender. Sexual orientation is really just who am I romantically or right. sexually attracted to? So those, while we think of those, there's parts of our identity. We may think of those as being related. And in some ways they are, but they're really distinct things. And it gets a little complicated for people until they think about it themselves. So <laughs> Isn't your that gender the identity truth is, all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like because you can hear all the permutations and you think, what? Like I, I don't know. You left me, you know, way back there. But when you look and you think, you know, your gender is your gender and who you're attracted to is who you're attracted to. And those two things just are facts about yourself. And I think sometimes it gets confusing when it falls outside of sort of this the standard of what of the buckets that most people, you know, sort of fit into. And so if we sometimes just start there, it gets a little bit, a little bit easier to follow. But so let's talk about terms and terminology a little bit. So the majority of folks identify in what's called cisgender, meaning cis meaning the same as. So my gender is the same as the sex that I was assigned and it's also the same as my biology. So if you're a woman, vagina and, uh, you know, all the other sort of primary and secondary sex characteristics that are assigned to females, then you're cisgender. Okay. If you are a girl who, uh, or a woman who identifies as a girl or woman, and you have a body that is not that, let's say you have a penis or you have some other uh, physical characteristics that are not typically female, then you... Well, you may or may not identify as transgender, but generally that's where transgender comes from. So the opposite of or across from okay. uh, the gender that I'm assigned. So all of that exists in this idea, binary just being one of, you know, two different options. Non-binary just comes into a whole other world, which is just says, <laughs> hey, I'm just not one or the other of two things. I just identify as something else than that. I mean, there's a, just a huge range of sort of non-binary identities that is truly amazing when you look at language. And one of the things I loved about Facebook, when Facebook first, you know, allowed that option to have different gender identities, was people were like, what could 50, you know, how could there possibly be 50 plus gender identities, right? How could that, right. you know, possibly be true? What I loved about it was that within, what, maybe a couple weeks or so, they came back and said, okay, yeah, we get it. That wasn't enough. We're just, here's a custom option, right? Oh, <laughs> and you're like, nice. wow, there's just a whole world going on here around gender that most people just aren't really thinking about it. And non-binary is one of those wonderful ways. It just simply says, I'm not one of those two things that exist in the binary world. There are also some people that don't identify with a gender at all, which is called agender. And they, and they just say, I'm not binary. I'm not in the binary. I'm not non-binary. I actually just don't 
have a sense of gender for myself at all. I don't have a gender identity. So non-binary really is an umbrella term for a lot of different ways to say, I just don't fit in the typical boy, girl, or woman, um, man construct. So there's somewhere in there. And gender non-conforming can sometimes be around gender identity, but it can, it can also just be when we come back to those three dimensions and we talk about gender expression, it might just be, no, I, I identify as a woman. I have, uh, you know, sex characteristics consistent with being a woman, but I don't fit that norm. I want to do things or I dress like or present myself in a way that is um, the opposite of that or different. So gender nonconforming just really says, I don't conform to sort of society's mandated. I shall not wear those pantyhose. That's right. I shall not wear those pantyhose and shorts in 100 degree weather. (laughs) That's right. Not doing it. That's right. Gender variant is a term that some people used, and it's sort of come out of fashion because what it says is, it sort of says that, well, what's okay is sort of that norm that's been established, and anything other than that is variant. And so that, that term has sort of gone out of uh, use for the most part, and people will talk about sort of gender expansive, meaning they expand the ideas of, of gender, or gender nonconforming, they just don't conform to traditional understandings. Um, but that, so those are some terms that people might hear beyond sort of transgender, um, you know, to, to understand that there's something going on here other than cisgender or the gender binary uh, to talk about or think about gender. Okay. So I have a question about this, um, about language um, with my five-year-old. So my five-year-old, she, like, as soon as she learned, you know, we read the book, I Am Jazz. And as soon as she learned uh-huh. the word transgender, she has been saying, "I that's me. I'm transgender. Um, okay. And, you know, we read the the transgender child, my, my husband and I. And there's a lot in there and in other places, the National Geographic articles that you that you mentioned, that sort of indicate to me that, you know, just how important it is with a very young child who seems to be, you know, identifying as transgender or gender creative in some way that it's so important to not like push your child into a a firmly transgender identity um, and to sort of give them space to explore what their expression is and what their identity is. And that, I mean, that concept makes sense to me. (laughs) But on the other hand, I'm wondering, I guess, when it's appropriate for me, her parent, and my husband, her other parent, to refer to her as being transgender when we're talking to her or to other people about her. Um, Yeah, because I guess I would wonder, like, if I'm trying to explain to somebody what's going on with my child, I'd... I want to use language that they get <laughs> easily. You, you know, right? Be, yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like when I've said, oh, um, she's gender nonconforming, that just leads people to be really confused <laughs> and, like, want yeah. to need, like, a lot more information. Right. Whereas, like, transgender is a word that's been in the news so much that it's sometimes it's actually easier. Hmm. But I also, like, it's sort of, it's it's that issue, that, that 
clarity for others issue um, and like trying to reduce awkwardness and discomfort. (laughs) But it's also out of respect for her. Like, I don't want to say to her, well, you might be saying you're transgender, but you're not necessarily (laughs) transgender. If we pass the five month mark, then maybe. Right. Yeah. Like you you have committed to soccer. You are. Yeah. Grace. You've not proven yet. (laughs) We're not buying the equipment till we know for a fact we're committed. (laughs) That's right. I mean, she doesn't have the card. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where's right. your card? Yeah. Then that's that's tough. Well, and also you bring up a really great point too, Teresa, which is sort of what do you do when you're talking to when the difference may be trying to communicate with grandparents about what's going on versus you know the the you know the cashier at the at the market, right? Right. <laughs> right. So, and, and how do you manage those differences, which can be challenging? Yes. Um, I think one thing that's important for all parents to think about is. You know, the American Academy of Pediatrics says by age four, most children have a stable sense of, of their gender identity. And that, that's not just for cisgender kids. That's true for all kids. What is interesting and that you're, you know, that you're bringing up, Teresa, I think, is this issue about language. And mm-hmm. younger kids don't have the richness of language yet. They have, you know, so she may know, I know, she may or may not know cisgender, but nationalist transgender. But she may not know that there's, you know, 50 other words or 100 other words to describe gender and gender identity. And so what do you do about that? And I would say, you know, really what I do is try to support and and encourage parents to support their kids where they are without sort of saying, as you said, locking her into something. And the truth is, you know, generally the market we look for in terms of gender identity for any gender is, is it consistent, persistent, and insistent? So, you know, if your daughter after two months is saying, hey, yes, I'm, I'm your daughter, I identify as a girl, and, you know, she begins to maybe hear about, uh, you know, various other gender identities and is still really sticking with that and that feels like that's true for her then I would just continue to use the language she's using. And, and I think it's perfectly comfortable talking to people to say, you know, my, my, my daughter has is, is told us that this is who she is. That can change, but for now, it isn't changed, and this is who she is. And I think that's one way that you can let other people know, hey, we, <laughs> first of all, we support her. That's the most important right. thing. Um, and we can talk a little bit about some of the statistics and why that support is not only, you know, nice to have, but can be, in fact, life-saving. Um, but I think it's one of those ways in which we can acknowledge that language is being created and people's understandings continue to expand. And as Grace continues to understand herself and acquire richer and broader language, she may or may not continue to use the same language. And that's all okay. She's in the, she is where she is, and that's all she needs to do. She doesn't need to know where she's going to be at age 10 or 20 or 50. Right. She can be where she is at age 5 with the language that she has and her, the understanding of herself that she has. What's really beautiful, I think, is she's telling you something about herself that's really important, and she trusts you with that. And not all kids do. There are a lot, there's a lot of interesting statistics that say that kids actually wait up to seven years before they disclose to anybody, like, especially their parents. They might tell their friends first or somebody online once they get old enough for that. But they may, they may wait seven years to actually tell their parents, you know, information about their gender. And so what I think is really wonderful is to just hear that Grace feels loved and supported, and she's trying to tell you in the language that she has something really profound about herself 
and she feels safe with you. And that's really the key thing is for her to continue to feel safe and that she knows you and your husband are the safe place for her to go to to talk about this stuff and to work it through. And as you guys let her know that, you know, there's other ways to think about this and there's this language and there's all these ways in which people express it may evolve and it may not. But either way, as long as you have communication open and she feels safe and loved, then she'll talk to you about it. And that's what's really most essential. How do we support our kids and how do we support our family members or our friends who are... uh, you know, having this happen in their lives. Uh, how do we do that? And why is that important? I mean, I know the answer to why it's important, but let's just, let's, let's get into it. <laughs> well, let's talk about it anyway, right? Right. It, it can't hurt. Can't hurt. It can't might hurt. help. I think one thing, <laughs> so one thing is for all parents, I think, to just say, first of all, my kid has a gender, and I need to think about not just how do I help support these other parents that are dealing with these things, but also how do I create space for my children, regardless of how they identify and how they're showing up, to just be themselves and not begin to limit themselves? Because one of of the things we know, and we can all think about this in our own lives as well, is at what point did our understandings of the gender that we were sort of assigned and that the expectations we had affected the choices that we made? And everybody can think of those, whether it was career choices or, you know, what subjects you really paid attention to in school, what things you stayed away from because of messages you were taught about what's okay and what's not okay or what's sort of masculine or what's feminine and what kind of behaviors were supported and what things weren't. So the first thing is to really stop and and look at all the ways in which we we reinforce those sort of perceptions and encourage them. That's one thing that's really helpful because I think until we all sort of take a look at that, it's really hard to appreciate when somebody is sort of stepping outside those boundaries and what does that mean and how do we support them. And I think the other thing is to realize that, you know, youth today really see and experience gender dramatically different. True. Dramatically different. I mean, that's a generational gap that's really hard to bridge and parents have to really actively do so. I mean, the, the, the identities are different. Their, their sense of what's appropriate is really different. I mean, the, the majority of youth, and I would even say even the millennial poll, so folks even in their 30s will say they see gender primarily as a spectrum and not as binary. When you talk to younger kids, they even see it so much more than that. So, you know, and I think I, there was an interesting poll out not long ago from J. Walter Thompson's group where they had a, a stat that I thought was interesting, which was 56%, I think it was, of 13 to 20-year-olds know someone who goes by um, gender-neutral pronouns like they or them. Hmm. I mean, that's that's not true in my generation. That's <laughs> not true for most of the adults. Not, yeah, not know. mine, yeah. yeah. So, you know, your kid going to school with a bow, Grace going to school and saying, hey, this is who I am and this is what, you know, we do lots and lots and lots of work with uh, schools in particular, and the issues are really never with the kids. The kids are like, oh, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Right. yeah. Great. Yeah. And yeah. that's the parents. It's everybody else trying to get up to speed. But it's really, so it's really dramatically different. I think the other thing is just talking with your kids. And, and again, I haven't yet got to the supporting transgender parent, uh, the parents of transgender kids yet. But one of the other things that's really important, I remember my 13 year old when I picked him up from school, he's in middle school, and I picked him up one day and he had on this tiara. And, uh, and I said, oh, hey, you know, nice tiara. I knew I didn't drop him off of that tiara on. I was just like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Oh, where'd you get the tiara? And he tells me the story. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Next day, you've got, now I think that's it. Like one and done, we're, you know, that's it. 
this girl gave it to him and, you know, whatever it happened. <laughs> Next day, he's going to school. He's got the tiara on. And I said, oh, hey, I, I noticed you've got the tiara on again. He said, yeah, yeah. I, I think I look really good. I think I'm going to wear it to school. <laughs> <laughs> Later on that day, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I haven't really, you know, I mean, I live in a world of gender, but I haven't really talked to him for a while about how he sees his gender. And so that night I said, hey, you know, um, hey, I noticed you wear the tiara again. I, I just... I just want to check in and, you know, I know the last time we talked about how you see your gender, you know, you were telling me that you, you know, a hundred percent, you see yourself as a boy and blah, blah, blah. And I just wonder, is, is that still sort of where you are? And he, and he just was like, you know, boys can wear tiaras. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but yeah. it's okay. And he goes, and you got it. Like, if you can rock it as well as I can, you really yeah. ought to. And I was like, you know, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's right. So, Again, who doesn't like a tiara? <laughs> exactly. 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 And so I think part of it is just with all of us to check in with our kids and give them permission to talk to you about whatever it is that they see about themselves, whatever that is. Now, in terms of the thing about supporting kids, this is the thing where you realize, and, you know, to freak anyone out, it's just to sort of name what, what we know to be true, which is the stats aren't great, right, on transgender kids. Um, and not just transgender kids, but really uh, most kids. The, the further you fall outside society's norms, it's, it's harder and harder for you as an individual, at least today, and it's getting better, but it's still hard. And if you look at not just suicide rates, but you also look at other kinds of, you know, self-harm, and you look at um, eating disorders and drug abuse and all, all the things in which there's a higher incidence of when you're talking about kids that fall out of uh, the traditional gender binary, I think there's really a moral and an ethical, and if you're a spiritual person, I would say a spiritual obligation for all of us to say, hey, what do we need to do to support all kids to be who they are, and maybe most particularly pay attention to those kids that fall outside and therefore need even more support because they're dealing with than anybody else. Um, and I think that's just really important is to make sure that if you have children in your life in whatever capacity that is, that we're all doing what we can to help create those safe spaces. And part of that's just naming, you know, seeing them. You know, if you see, uh, you know, a kid coming to school and you notice, wow, now they're wearing a dress and they weren't before and this is, you know, clearly something's going on. It's really important to just name, oh, my gosh, you look great in that dress. I love you in that dress. That color is so perfect, blah, 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 whatever. Something to affirm that you see them and you see them being their authentic selves and how powerful and beautiful that is. Um, and that's really important. I think one of the things that most people don't realize is that it's, it's really challenging for parents. You know, people think, you know, there's so many misconceptions. And, of course, everybody is incredibly judgy about parents anyway. <laughs> and, in fact, you know, feel perfectly free to weigh in on things that they know nothing about <laughs> that. Right. And, you know, parents can get really isolated and not just, you know, at the school functions or whatever's going on, but even worse, oftentimes within their own families, when people really don't understand and begin to tell them how they should be parenting and all these things without really understanding what's going on. And it's really isolating and it can be really difficult. And you're already feeling somewhat isolated and can get easier and easier to, to have that happen. So part of it is to just really let people, you know, let those parents know, 
hey, you know what I do know is you love your kid and boy, your kid is doing great. And that really is a testament to the fact that, you know, you're, you're doing a really good job as a parent and none of us know where we're going and it's all an improvisation. So, you know, thanks to you for doing so. It's really (laughs) important to affirm and provide support and to also provide a place in which they can say, I don't know what right. the hell I'm doing. <laughs> I, I, I just don't know. Is this right? Does this seem right to you? And and to support that because, you know, it's just, it's really challenging. Uh, Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to link everybody up to Gender Spectrum, which is truly a remarkable uh, resource for people who are, are going through this or just want to learn more about this. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, hope that uh, if anyone has any questions or needs, they just check out the site. But uh, thanks so much for doing it. And, and, Teresa, thanks so much for sharing your family experience. I think it will help a lot of parents that otherwise might uh, feel like they're the only ones. So thanks for doing that. Thanks, Lisa. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. was helpful yeah I, I really i am not lying transgender is about as far as i go in terms of like my understanding uh-huh. of language you know uh-huh. like it was just like the correct words and yeah. even as she was describing uh, the word she even said and this was actually we're not using this particular one anymore though this was what we were yeah. using now we're, i was like yeah. it, 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 it's, it's evolving it's yeah. ever evolving yeah and i i love you know the more we can check in on the evolution of language surrounding anything, I think it's good. Uh, so I just really appreciated her coming on and talking a lot about this. And again, it sometimes takes the mystique out of it a little bit when you're like, "Oh, do you mean just love and support my child?" Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Somehow it seems so much simpler than I thought it would be. (laughs) I thought this was going to be way more complicated. The news is telling me it's more complicated. (laughs) Right. And and that's not to dismiss the complications and the challenges that people face. But again, at the core, as parents, our number one job that we can do is just be like, all right, I'm here for you. Yeah. So that was really helpful. You know who I also enjoy being there for? I think I know, but why don't you tell us anyway? (laughs) It's a mom having a breakdown. This is a friend. So um, I just dropped my son off, 3.5. I dropped him off at preschool. And they do breakfast there at 8.30. And they have all these cooking holes. You know, it's like... You have to be there by 8.15, and if you're not there by 8.15, then you have to keep your kid with you until 9 and feed them breakfast yourself. Um, and Or you can pay, except for that she'll never charge you for the breakfast um, if you show up after 8.15. She'll just, like, bitch at you about it, and I would just rather fucking pay um, and not deal with it. Uh, and so today, you know, my son, he wakes up, like, at, I don't know, some godly hours, like at 6 o'clock in the morning. And he wakes up and he's hungry. And so I feed him because if my child is hungry, I will feed him. That is kind of my job. So this morning I woke up. He was hungry. I fed him. We got to preschool and I said, he may not eat much for breakfast because he ate breakfast at home. And the look of disappointment. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know. Well, kids, when they eat breakfast at home and then they don't eat breakfast here, then they get hungry by 9.30 and they're super hungry and cranky and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I know what it's like to have a hungry kid. It's a total shit show, which is why I feed my child in the morning. And you're just going to have to deal. She wants me to, like, limit what I give him in the morning. Okay, fine. You can equally give him something later, just a little snack, just a little apple. I know it's inconvenient. Why is it inconvenient? I don't want him to know why I'm so irrationally angry about this. I just mean, I'm just so tired of the look of disappointment. Ah, thank you. Love the show. Love wow. you guys. You're the best. Hey, you know yeah. what? This is a good rant. Yeah. This is a good rant because, you know, sometimes her question, I don't know why. Yeah. I'm getting so, like, bit out of shape about this thing. Yeah. Right? The small things, guys. I know why. It's the small. Yeah. I know why, too, because yeah. you're fucking tired and you're like a parent and you're going to work and drop off is a nightmare well, and, and breakfast a is a nightmare. Ridiculous. And also, yeah. And even if there's no true stink eye happening, even if this is just a complete. This is what's happening. Uh-huh. For, this is my reality. Yeah. Of what, it is a valid reality. Yeah. And it is worth ranting Absolutely. about. Again, small things, guys. It's the small things that make us crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the small things that will send us out for milk. <laughs> well, and like, I feel like drop off is hard enough. Oh, like, God. that, like, I, the last thing I want is to have like a weird interaction yeah. with my kid's preschool teacher or daycare teacher. Like, I just want everybody to be like, Hi, great. We're starting our day. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I fully agree. You're doing a great job. Yeah, you're doing awesome. You're doing a remarkable job. And it'll be totally fine. It is. You're, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree. What did we learn today, Teresa? Uh, we learned all the small things uh-huh. can add up. Yep. On our And they do. And they do. <laughs> <laughs> we also learned that... Uh, you're doing, you and Jesse are doing a very good job in creating a really good environment for your kids and in particular Grace at this moment. Uh, so good job. Thank you. And we learned uh, from our guest Lisa that our kids and all of us are experiencing the world uh, in our own unique ways. Yeah. And uh, we, the best thing that we can do is to be good listeners, be supportive. And uh, create safe spaces for our children, for our friends, for our family, and for each other. Even if we're, it's a total mystery to us. Even if we personally may be struggling as an individual with whatever our children are experiencing or somebody, a friend is experiencing, that can exist simultaneously with creating that safe and supportive space. Yeah, I I, I, like I really think that's true. And I, sometimes yeah. I think it could be as easy as <laughs> if you said this, Teresa, where you're like, I don't know if I'm doing this right. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I, mean? yeah. I think it's like fair to sometimes just like, I yeah. say that to Katie Bell uh, almost every day. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm doing this right. Yeah. But I love you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? And so uh, I, that's a pretty good takeaway. I think so too. Yeah. Hey, we just want to mention that the One Bad Mother Sacramento subgroup is meeting up. Friday, January 20th. That's basically today when the show is is out at the Ethan Way Cinemark for the 7 p.m. showing of Hidden Figures. We're just giving you a quick heads up on behalf of the OBM Sacramento subgroup. So good job, OBM uh, Sacramento subgroup. Everybody, 
you guys are doing a remarkable job. Yeah, you guys are great. Yeah, maybe none of us are doing this right, but we love you. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Love you. So, like, you're doing a really good job. Yeah. Yeah, this is like, I feel like a little bit like this show was about little things and big things. And, like, uh-huh. it's... One day it's the little things that are going to seem the most challenging, and other days there's going to be bigger issues that are going to feel more challenging. And just getting through those days, uh, remembering uh, that that we're all trying our best is a lot. And so you're doing a good job. Teresa, you're doing a really great job. Thanks, Biz. So are you. Thanks. Everybody, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, I pulled down Mama's room. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, I pulled down Mama's Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.